<laughs> and so, any, anybody, please. Yes, please. Uh, yes, yeah, so I'm just curious. I like the momentum of my practice is very much um, something like the emptiness, um, emptiness practices, and uh, so the um, when I'm working with an image. Um, it can be hard sometimes to preserve the kind of the appearance of it without it fading mm-hmm. into a kind of equality or sort of vacuity, you know. So sometimes I feel like I wish there was like a sustained pedal I could just mm. press and, <laughs> and pre- keep the image alive. Mm. Um, one thing I was playing with with that was just playing with, with lines from the Heart Sutra, you know, the form is emptiness, emptiness yeah, is yeah, form, yeah. and changing the word emptiness to imaginal. So I have form is imaginal, imaginal form and so on and I found that kind of helps a bit in, in, in keeping the imaginal quality of yeah. alive of the yeah. what I was experiencing. Um, so I'm, I guess I'm just wondering if there was any other uh, suggestions around. Yeah, that's that. a really interesting question. Thank you, Podrick. Podrick. Um, so probably have to repeat. Could you guys hear that? Yeah, so just to c- explain a little bit, um, uh, Podrick has done a lot of emptiness practices, and when, when you, there's a whole range of practices there, and when you um, contemplate the, or meditate on the emptiness of something at some level, uh, what happens, what begins to happen is that whatever it is, that object, a pain in the body, a form, or whatever it is, it begins to actually uh, dissolve. Because its appearance is dependent on reifying it, having a concept that it is something real, unconsciously. And so when we bring in, kind of uh, look at it with a view that knows its emptiness to some degree, or contemplates its emptiness, in, in there's all kinds of ways of doing that, um, because of the dependent arising of anything, of the appearance, being dependent on avijja, the, the, the fundamental delusion that reifies things, because of that, it fades. Or another thing that keeps uh, keeps an object as a form is a degree of clinging. So when we relax clinging, it also fades. Now, um, Hodrick's saying, well, I want to be with the imaginal, but I've done a lot of emptiness practice, and what, what starts to happen is it starts, this image starts to fade, and he wishes he could kind of just kind of, mm-hmm. you know, lock it into sort of staying formed. So one of the things which I was playing with the words of the Heart Sutra, um, so that form is imaginal, in other words, Images have forms, um, and that seemed to work somewhat, yeah. Um, which is great, so you can keep doing that. Um, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of possibilities here, so, um, one thing that might happen is things get, see, I do think the imagine, one of the, one of the elements is actually a little less fabricated. That's actually one of the elements. But it might just be that they lose their substantiality a little bit and they become more liquid as opposed to just completely losing their form. Um, but it sounds like you're talking about them actually losing their form more. Yeah. Okay. So it might be interesting to kind of find out what's in my lens at that time that has become like a really good habit in a way. What's in my lens that's making that happen? Is it um, less clinging? You know, if I really decrease the clinging, is it that I, I keep kind of automatically contemplating the emptiness of something sort of in the background? And if you can identify what that is, you can you can take the foot off that pedal a bit. 
Yeah. It may be also that um, uh, tuning more into the sense of eros is really helpful because eros is, in a way, a kind of clinging uh, in the sense that it's a wanting, it's a kind of desire. And so if you tune to that, the sense of the eros in you, the sense of desire for this figure or beauty or attraction to it, then the, the noticing of that can actually increase that and that will re- reform. In fact, it will... It will Create more forms. It will it will start to get more complex rather than simpler. Does it make sense? Yeah. So that, those are two possibilities. Um, it might be also just a, a, fa- uh, a matter of um, what am I tuning to? So what we pay attention to, like uh, often, oftentimes what we pay attention to. <coughs> um, uh, emphasizes or draws out that thing in the attention so that for instance here's this image and what are the particulars for instance the particulars that attract me or the particulars that feel soul making so I'm making something out as an image and it's uh, some kind of being and it's the way they move they move with a certain elegance or fluidity and that somehow touches me so I'm, I'm just tuning my attention to both that particular and the way it's touching me, the soul-making sense with it, the, the, the honing of the attention to it will, will tend to draw it out. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So having so those are a few ideas, but um, I would also encourage you, you'll probably discover your, your own as well. This is one of the arts, actually, especially for people who've done a lot of emptiness practice. You learn to kind of modulate the fading. Um, and that's in my book somewhere or other. So, so you, you, you can kind of like, okay, I, I can practice so things really just kind of disappear and fade and you just deep emptiness. And then what, what becomes like, uh, sort of even more of the art once you've done that is learning to just take the, take the foot off the pedal a little bit. And, and in a way, that's what tantric practice is. It's playing at this edge of form. And the dissolving of, of form in, in emptiness, and 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 it's really a matter of, of doing that, and you learn to kind of just hold it sort of there in the middle, where everything is super sort of insubstantial and holy, and but formed, but very uh, yeah, well, insubstantial and translucent and that kind of thing. And that, so that's a, that's a real skill to to hold that that way. Um, so those those are some ideas. Having said all that, let me add something completely different, which is, uh, and I don't. I think I said this before, but um, don't think this is quite what you're talking about. I'll just mention it anyway. Um, sometimes what can happen working with an image is there it is very formed and it's beautiful and everything. And then for all kinds of different reasons, not necessarily what you're talking about, Padraig, but um, the, uh, the, the, the image sort of dissolves, but we're left with the essence of the image. So, for example, in that very vague uh, example I gave, uh, an imaginal being or figure or angel or whatever, and it's the way they move with such elegance and fluidity. And and whatever it might mean to the perception, for the figure to fade and sort of the essence of elegance to remain. So that one might then be in a completely empty space that's sort of condensed the essence of that image. There's not a form there, but there's... A particular of a kind that one is then. Uh, I don't think that's quite what you're talking. That's fine. I'm just mentioning it to everyone. Um, so that's fine. I wouldn't do too much of that, but that's one of the possibilities that might happen. I'm just I'm just mentioning it. Um, and there's also so in a way then what that means is 
then there's a sort of let's call it a, a quasi jhanic state that's but it's it's a jhana on elegance, whatever that might mean. You know, it's the essence of elegance without a particular manifestation of elegance that belonged with the image. So what that means again is that there's kind of infinite possibility here of of different um, states that can open up. So the Buddha outlined eight eight jhanas, let's say eight, um, and they're the sort of very classical ones. Now you might find yourself skidding into some of them with practice because because of what we said about the energy body harmonizing and the samadhi being available and, and so you might find those you might find something like um what i've just described a sort of essence of some quality or could be nobility or courage it's like what does that mean it's just the the space there's nothing but space but it's permeated with this kind of essence of some value or virtue or something like that so that's a possibility there's the retaining of the form with all its particulars and its complexities and its nuances and subtleties mm-hmm. and then there's a th- well if we go in order it, well i don't know what the order is but um uh, there's another possibility where a, there's an imaginal being but it's a kind of more universal being so for example kuan yin and you'll find it, so sometimes there might be a figure and it turns into something more universal. It's still a figure with a form, but it's Kuan Yin. And what you find with, if it's, let's say, Kuan Yin, is she doesn't have m- that much of a personality. That much of a, she's compassion and it's beautiful and divine and all that. But some of the particulars have faded. So not just with the emptiness thing, but there's different kind of ways that things can sort of relatively fade. And all those would be fruitful meditations. All, all those categories, whether it's jhanic, whether it's this kind of essence of equality, whether it's a sort of uh, universalized de- deity in a figure, or whether it's a, a really particularized, very unique image. So this is some of the kind of ways things can open up. Um, in a way, what we're focusing more on is the the first one, uh, the, 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 just the sort of what we've been talking about with images, with particulars and uniquenesses, which is just so you know. Can I just add something to what you said? Please, because yeah. it might be a universal image that becomes particularized for you. I just want to include that. Yeah, yeah. So that, thank you. So there's all kinds of shades here. And even if you go into the jhanas, if you really go into the jhanas, there's the eight, and it's like it's really good, get them really clear. And then you realize actually you can mix them in ways that seem to contradict the rules and uh, bring in other qualities and mix uh, the you know, meta with the sixth jhana and stuff like that. So things are never as discreet as they appear in textbooks. Uh, and, and, and so all kinds of fluidities can happen. I think one of the arts of practice, though, is to know what is happening and, and make that differentiation. It's not so much that this should happen rather than that, but, ah, oh, this is the different, this is the flavor now. Like that chef that I was talking about is really, when I add that spice, then, Aha, uh-huh, that's the difference. When I add it then, it's different. Or, or now this mixture is just like this. And that's part of the art, is this refinement of... Anyway, that's more than you bargained for, but please. Could a shade of that, or one of those things, I sometimes feel like I can feel that sometimes an image shows up more as its particularities, and then it fades more to its energy body. So I'm feeling my energy body, and... And it's energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that's that's very. Um, just repeat that. So Sabre saying that sometimes working with an image, there's a sense that the image fades a little bit, but what's left is the sense of energy body, either just in oneself or the relationship of energy it's bodies. Energy body is still distinct. Yeah, yeah. So there's. Um, so what's imaginal has gone to energetic. Um, 
fine and lovely. I think if that's always what happens, you're gonna, it won't have the full richness of possibility. So again, you get this kind of navigational possibility at any time. So you can even, you'll probably find in time, you can sometimes just lean it that way if you want. Let's go to just the energy of what's happening and kind of resonate with that or feel the mutual effect of energies or the mutual interaction of energies or what it does here. Um, and that's fine. It's a, it's a conscious navigate, conscious leaning. It's great. But in, in that, a lot of the other particulars have gone from the image. The particular kind of beauty, for instance, or what touches you in the soul, touches you in the energy, maybe shades of emotion, etc. So it's a choice and it's great. And it's a great thing to kind of play with. But in the context of what we're doing, if you want the whole, you know, availability of everything, I, I probably would make sure I'm not kind of doing that kind of all the time or even most of the time. Yeah, it's just one of the possibilities. Does it? Yeah. Yes, um, a follow-up question to what you were saying about discerning the different, <coughs> different states or different qualities. Yeah. Um, I, I find I can discern them as like A, B, or C, but I don't know what they are. Is that just a question of um, Which different states are you talking about? Um, she doesn't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I cannot articulate it, even to myself. So you, I just know, oh, that's interesting, that's different, and I'm having a very hard time. Okay, but are you talking about something with images, or something that where the images has faded, and it's more of a, a sort of space, or a Both. state? Or... Okay, so, um, hmm. uh, I don't know how important it is to, to, for everyone to be able to put everything into words or as much, you know, maybe, maybe that's just people who try and teach or something like that, doesn't it, you know. Um, but, but there is something about trying. And I remember being in group interviews and, and people just in, in a state, just, just a lot of rapture or, or the first jhana or something. It's impossible to describe. It's impossible. There's just no words for it whatsoever. And it's like, oh, go on, just try a little bit. <laughs> you know, once you start just throwing some words at something, you'll get saying, that's not quite right, that's right, oh, that's right. And then someone might help you. You mean, I? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good word, you know. And, and it starts to crystallize. So what we want is part of the trying a little bit. You don't, you know, don't, it's not like the be-all and end-all, but the actually trying starts to... Um, here's the mystery of it. It's like the actual trying starts to shape things more. It starts to... They start to... Uh, contrast more and you get more um, refinement of distinction and, and discernment. Yeah? I, I find that's what I've sort of been doing, just different words and seeing whether they resonate. Yeah. Yeah. And, and sometimes I hit, oh yeah, that's yeah. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's beautiful. But there's but, an infinite number of words. <laughs> um, there are, especially if you start adding Greek and things. So I wouldn't kind of Tie yourself in knots about this. You know, it's 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 an it's not so much. Am I able to describe accurately? It's more like, can I refine my capacity to differentiate and discern? That's actually <coughs> part of this practice. It's a part of any practice, whether it's emptiness, whether it's jhanic, whether it's uh, imaginal. You know. So sometimes what happens? Let's say in an emptiness practice, what describing with Podrick. So things fade and. 
And because there isn't still the discernment, everything plays, it's like there's nothing happening. Actually, there is something still happening. What is the something that's still happening? Well, space is still here, for example. So there is a something that's happening. Um, or space phase. Well, what's still here? You know, so, um, why am I saying all this? Uh, just that this capacity to, to discern is actually crucial. If I can't discern, let's say in that, in that level where everything fades and there's just, then actually I won't be able to go any deeper. I just get stuck in a kind of, pretty nice soup um, but I don't I can't take it any further I won't go to the unfabricated I won't discover other realms it's just it's an, and I, I, I know people who hang out in that for years years and years and years and I mean that's a choice or, or whatever but partly it's dependent on this discernment that allows now if we talk about Eros part of what Eros does in relation to I realized this morning sorry to, I realized that I didn't finish a sentence I think so, I, I, so there was a small definition of Eros and the larger definition it means so that's the smaller definition of Eros but once it is allowed to do its thing which means um impregnate images and generate and create discover shades and push the logos and all that once it's involved in eros psychologos dynamic and that is going then all that when we say eros actually all that is implied you understand so anyway but part of that process that eros psychologos when it when it goes is making more and more discernment so here's my beloved other my image and as i said the, the eros wants more and one of the ways it finds, creates, discovers, creates slash discovers more, is actually by making more discernments and delineations. Instead of you just, oh, it, it's just a human being, you know, um, it's just another one of those. Um, there's infinite d- discernments and shades of the imaginal faces you can be in, and, and the theophanies, the faces of divinity that you can be. So there's something that go, uh, about discernment and differentiation both perceptual, sensible, and conceptual, that goes with eros. It, it's part of that that whole. The beauty is part of unfolding the beauty of, of what what's happening. And one more little thing. Um, I was talking with someone today, and uh, you know, in terms of do I need to be able to describe everything? Um, sometimes you don't, and sometimes with images. Well, take care. Yeah. I just want to make sure it's just secure. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe put your head in a slightly. Just, just see, see how solidly it is in there, if you can. Well, you know, not. Just come forward. Yeah. If I were to face it forward, you okay? Yeah. Maybe the people who chose it. Okay. Thanks, man. Um. Part of the inexhaustibility of images is that y- you won't be able to describe. It's like the, the differentiating and describing is part of what generates more. So you're never going to reach up. Now I've, now I've, I've summed it up, you know. And then uh, part of what's actually beautiful that can happen between human beings and uh, Roxanne's question the other day about working in dyads with this kind of stuff or with, with others is an image uh, that you have that you begin to share, maybe you feel, I've just been completely inarticulate about that, I haven't captured it, somehow I capture it. And that relates to Padma Surya's question, some, some, there's a magic in human communication, and in the imaginal as well, it's like, you can start to say something in the most clumsy, inefficient way, 
and I, I sense the image. It, you know, I pick it up, or it sparks an image in me. So, so don't you know? You don't have to worry too much about that. Yeah. Have I answered what you? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Very good. There you are. I was just wondering when you were saying that when um, you're talking about articulating different states, I'm just thinking about movement. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it, yeah, so, like, so, sometimes I, I definitely feel like moving in my mood. And there are other times, there are other times when, I suppose when I don't necessarily feel like moving, I wonder if movement would be worth going to movement. And also, other, another time, I, I was. I had my eyes open, which was very different from my eyes are closed, <clears throat> and I, and there was a kind of residual sense of an image that I had contact with earlier, and then there were lots of movements that were coming that your body was actually doing. Yeah. yeah. But then the the image, I guess, it felt different because my eyes were open, but the image felt a little bit vaguer. <coughs> but the movement. Yeah, a little bit vaguer. The image. Yeah. yeah. The image felt vaguer in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very good. So, um, Mewa is explaining that sometimes practicing with the eyes closed, sometimes with the open, sometimes the a, a movement seems to go with the image, and 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 she lets herself explore that movement. But then the image gets more vague often. Um, but then there's also the possibility of the movement then become an image, right? When the, image, the movement itself becomes. So all this is possible. I mean, what's quite common, that's why when we did some of the movement, um, and I said, you know, there's all these kind of stages of awareness and skill with it. And the last one, um, I don't even know what to call it, soul-making movement or something, the ability to actually move and sustain the imaginal sense as well, quite difficult. I mean, as you start to see, I let myself move and the image fades a bit. Then there is a different possibility that comes in, that, that, that my movement itself starts to become a new image. But even that's actually quite hard to sustain when you're actually moving. But I would just let yourself explore it all. You know, there's not a right or wrong. Eventually what we want is everything and anything can potentially become image and soul-making. Not necessarily all the time or at the same time, but that's... So can be movement, can be... Um, just an image or, or whatever, yeah. And then there's this other possibility, which I don't know if you included in your question, of um, I th- I think it's really what can happen is there's the image, and I have a sense of the energy body moving, or the, or or my energy body feels the movement that the image is is making, but physically I'm completely still. And in that mode, in that sort of in between mode, I can retain the image and all the soul-making sensitivity, it's not so difficult. Um, whereas actually moving is, uh, I, I find quite, quite, and I think most people find really quite difficult to sustain that same degree of sensitivity. Yeah, It's almost like we uh, are, most of us are helped w- with um, a large portion of our sensitivity through the stillness, through the physical stillness. Yeah. Is that... Address with Yeah, yeah, and in a way, you know, some of um, I don't know if we'll have another session on this retreat, but some of the exercises we were doing was was just start with the movement and see. Just it's like there's the openness of awareness and sensitivity, and it might be that I'm making this movement, 
either a subtle movement or a gross movement, and, and the movement becomes image, or an image gets attached to the movement. So who's making this movement? Oh, it's a, it's a wrathful deity or, or whatever it is, you know. Um, so yeah, the movement can trigger, image can come from anywhere, absolutely. Yeah, so sometimes I would. Yeah, and that's really worth exploring. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, actually, actually, can I, can I ask Vinami? Because she hasn't yet. Is that okay? Yeah. Please. Yeah. Yes, please. You imagine that the concept is there. Yeah, thank you. Because the first question, there were several examples which qualified them as qualities and never used the word that they become image. And I thought exactly yeah. about the concept. Yeah, yeah, very good. Thank you. Several people have mentioned this. Can a concept become an image? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, or another way of saying it is a concept gets, um, gets soulful for us. Yeah. And so it could be, um, beauty. And again, it's a kind of abstract thing, or it could be just a logos, you know, a conceptual framework or a certain, several people have mentioned this and I can't remember now some examples, but absolutely it's possible. Yeah. Something, uh, or someone was talking about the concept of evolution, you know, biological evolution. Uh, of, of species and and that that as a concept actually is can become very enriched and multi-dimensional and kind of very fertile yeah so a concept can absolutely yeah. because when I I, I, I was working with I get the concept of respect respect because yeah, I yeah. meant it as something yeah. very important yeah. but then when I wanted to work with it yeah. I thought perhaps I should it would be helpful to, to choose an object, uh, yet, yeah. yet an imagine of yeah. physical object, a yeah. tree or something, yeah. to work, not yet to deepen yeah. it. Uh-huh. Um, maybe and maybe not, you know. <laughs> so again, I would let the soul making be, be what navigates you. So it might be, I just have this idea of respect, and I don't really have any particular image or object that goes with it, but I can feel it working on the soul. I feel the resonance, the beauty of it. Um, and, and, and that's working and I don't need to do, I just let that stew and let myself be touched by it. And if images come, great. If they don't, great. It's already become a soul making object, you might say. It's already, yeah. So that, that's really great. Yeah. Roxanne, do you want to ask? Actually, it relates to, um, to what she was saying about uh, movements. Yeah. I was thinking about sound. Yeah. We were playing with making sounds yeah. in yeah. the hall and, um, and we don't usually do that outside, um, like holding or making noises. But I wonder if you can use that in the same way that you use movement or listening to sound to create soul. Uh, absolutely, yeah. Um, again, there's just not time. That was one of the things I was thinking of offering you guys as, as that kind of thing. Um, we may or may not get to it. But yeah, and anything can. Basically, any... Anything at all can be a, a, can become infused with soul, can become sensed with soul. Yeah, so it's making sounds, listening to sounds. Then there's the whole mystery of, look, this this we we have a voice, mm-hmm. and and what do we, um, you know, what happens with our voice? What gets communicated? All the mystery of communication and kindness and insight and ideas and beauty and connection. And it's happening, what, the larynx and the throat and the, is mystery there. So even just the sense of like taking up the, 
the, the, the mysterious sense of this vocal capacity. And again, maybe it's vocalizing that allows you to connect with that, and maybe it's being being quiet, just similar as not moving and letting the energy body move uh, that, that puts you in touch with that. Does does that make sense? Um, but but yeah, try try all of it, all of it, and sound certainly. And I've shared lots of images where um, birds and things become infused with uh, with, with a soul making sense, and and the sound uh, becomes imaginal in all kinds of ways, interacting with the body and all beautiful things. Yeah. So the possibilities are, are literally endless. I think. So just just open the doors and play, and uh, see. Is that okay? Good. Good, good. Okay. Uh. <laughs> well, I don't know. How, how are you guys doing? Some of you may need to go. Or... <laughs> okay, simple, please. Just a silly small question. Uh, <laughs> did, did, did you consider using the term icon for an imaginal image of the imagination instead? Yeah. Why not? Um... I, I used it, so far I think I've used it, I think I said in the whole once, in contradistinction to narrative image. But basically, yeah, it's the same, it's the same thing. Um, and so an icon is an image, and anything can become an icon in, in the sense that we're using the word imaginal image. Yeah, absolutely. So you would be badly upon somebody using No, no, and I just, there's a whole... <laughs> um, <laughs> There's a whole set of talks that are newly on the web, and and there's like eight or nine of them are parts of one really super long talk, and um and they're called something like between actually Greek words again, sorry, between icon and idol. So it's it's just another way of saying image. So is is that is that somehow related to the? Maybe you know the French theology. Jean-Luc Morian. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The way he uses it, as far as I can understand him, some of these French guys, I don't know, but um, <laughs> um, what they're trying to say. But yeah, as far as I can understand, that's that's some of at least. There's a lot of um, this, this kind of infinite depth of the icon. Yeah, and uh, our participation in that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so uh, definitely. Yeah, um, and maybe I maybe avoid it because of the word iconoclast, and that I feel that some people who consider themselves iconoclasts are actually um, uh, you know uh, Jean Luc Marion has his has his word to contrast icon with idol, you know I D O L, and uh, actually. We're interested in destroying that as something that's rarefied and it has a, has as flat and has a, has a depth. But some people who call themselves iconoclasts are maybe not really iconoclasts so much as just the, Adonatra. Adonatra. no, they're actually setting up other idols in 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 under the name of iconoclasm and sort of anti spirituality and anti sacredness or whatever it is or anti imaginal figures that are sacred. They're actually setting up other idols, but not realizing it. Anyway, I don't want to get into that. Would you say we're, we're to, to destroy the idea of an idol? Did I hear you? Um, uh, some so iconoclasm become can kind of come become a word in the culture for someone who just kind of has the courage to crash through things that have become holy. Um, but some people who might see themselves that way, who, who are seen that way, might actually be setting up idols 
in the, under the name of what they call iconoclasm. They're just setting up other idols, things that don't have depth, don't have sacredness, but are still kind of attached to. But I don't want to get into that. Catherine talked about it, I think, yesterday. Um, you said you don't really like the word imagine, and uh, you prefer uh, something with soul, which is uh, the, the new term. And I find it very, very helpful Good. because, as, as like you said many times, it's not just about images, but images get so stressed here. Um, and I got confused with it because I'm, I'm more tactile. Yeah. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. So, but when I sort of tapped into sensing or sniffing, yeah, so yeah absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Really yeah. yeah, Well, like the whole body became, yeah, uh, yeah, and and without it trying to impose, even subtly or actually not so subtly, uh, um, needing to have an image, yeah. otherwise yeah. Yeah. something is wrong in yeah. the way I'm working. Yeah. No, absolutely. And like I said at the beginning, if there was a way to instantaneously download everything at the beginning, because you sound like you could have done with that right at the beginning, and probably other people could as well. Um, yeah. So it's great that you got it, you know, and, and um, there's that opening of possibility. But yeah, it's a matter of timing when, when there's so many different people. And, and even though I, we, we try and say an image doesn't mean something visual, and you know, and all this. It's it, in the word. Yeah, it's yeah. in the word and it's hard to go in. Yeah, absolutely. So... Um, you know, maybe another retreat will start with that idea and uh, the sensing the soul and take it from there. You know, lots. I think we need to. End. <laughs> Is that okay? Yeah, let's have a bit of quiet. <clears throat> Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.